Mindfulness mode 103. Focusing on your breathing, being present alone with your thoughts, all of those things have had a tremendous positive impact in my life. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Thanks so much for joining us here in Mindfulness Mode. To thank you for listening, I'll send you a free copy of my book, I teamed up with author Brian Tracy, along with some other entrepreneurs, to create the best-selling book called Cracking the Success Code. You'll learn more about my story and how I became an anti-bullying advocate, which later led to mindfulness and my mindfulness coaching. Get the book free at mindfulnessmode.com slash cracking. Enter your name and email and you'll have your book downloaded in no time. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Ian Ryan on the line today. Hey, Ian, are you in mindfulness mode? Absolutely, Bruce. I'm excited for this. I am in mindfulness mode and ready to go. That is terrific. Ian Ryan is a personal trainer and has worked with hundreds of clients in the Washington, D.C. area over the past eight years. He gets excited when working with clients who are truly committed to changing their body and mindset. Ian hosts his own podcast called Fearless and Healthy and has a blog called GoldenHabits.com. So, Ian, what got you interested in in fitness and this kind of helping people to be healthy? You know, I think there's so much that goes into it, Bruce. Well, for me, it all started back when I was in uh, college. You know, I, always, I didn't, never had any weight issues or anything like that. I was like this this skinny kid, and I remember my freshman year, I put on about 20 pounds. <laughs> and, I yeah. came, and I came back home, and everyone, you know, noticed, and I was really self-conscious and didn't have that much confidence. And that was when my whole journey really began with fitness, and it was just amazing. You know, I never, I never stopped since then. Um, but as I got older, you know, I really started to appreciate not only the physical components of being healthy, but also the mental side of it, right? And I think that that is something that doesn't always get talked about as much in the fitness industry as it should, this whole mind-body connection, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you know, and I just feel like uh, if you're not taking care of your body, you really can't be your best for everyone around you. So that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, well, so tell me, what does mindfulness mean to you, Ian? You know, me, I can be a scatterbrain sometimes, right? And it's definitely been something that I've had to work on, especially now with my own podcast and my own business and all that. But it's really being present in conversations, right? Really taking a step back and trying to realize that, you know, when we're connecting with someone, like be, be in the conversation, right? There's so many distractions out there now. So some of the things that I do to, to really try to, to stay mindful is taking timeouts during my day. You know, when I get stressed out, taking a step back, going for walks outside in nature, just getting lost and realizing, you know, how beautiful this world is and taking time to be grateful for the things around me, you know, and, and show appreciation for others. Um, and, and to organize my scattered thoughts, Bruce, because every morning I do a a daily review, you know, I got so much going on in my head. So I try to dump it all on paper and just really, you know, get in the groove from the start of my day. So I don't react to the world around me. Well, that's a smart thing to do. And you talked about nature and it really does revive us a lot of times. Tell us about the nature that you immerse yourself in. You're in San Diego, right? Yeah, I'm in San Diego. So it's a little bit different now. So when I was in DC, you know, I used to get lost in the woods and stuff like that. Now it's all about going to the beach. So 
I try to start my day every single morning uh, by going to the beach. I live like three miles from it. And what I'll do is I'll go there before the sun comes up and just go for a walk on the beach, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, just really, you know, think. I mean, I call them my creativity walks, right? And um, I found that this is sometimes when my most creative thoughts happen. Not when I'm sitting in front of a computer, but just being present and taking in the world around me. I love the ocean. Um, it's just amazing. It's like the eons from the ocean, right? It just it brings yeah. this amazing energy for me. And uh, it's just amazing that when I actually take the time to do this, how much more I'm in a positive state of mind to start my day each and every morning. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Water has an incredible power, doesn't it? It it absolutely does. You know, I mean, there's been studies that show that. So it's not just my uh, opinion. You know, it does. It has an amazing power and uh, it really just creates so much positive energy and it just makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me happy too. Well, you know, life is not always happy. Tell us about how mindfulness has helped you in some of your challenging times of life, some times of life that were not happy. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you bring this up and, you know, there's a little story that I, I'd like to share with your audience. You sure. know, um, well, I mean, so last year, you know, January 2015, I actually, I lost my brother tragically. It was, uh, you know, he, he lost his life at age 25. But during that turmoil and that period, you know, I really struggled and mindfulness and doing things like taking breaks, realizing what I'm grateful for in my life, you know, having a chance to be more present with my family and really take in, you know, what is good in my life. It really helped me get through some of that tough struggle, you know, because mentally inside, I, you know, I was really down in the dumps, but practicing gratitude, being more mindful, it really put things in perspective for me and helped me get through some of those tough times in my life. So I think after that, you know, I, I became even more mindful. That's when little things like taking timeouts during my day, going for, for walks in nature, you know, going to the beach every day, working on my breathing, doing these little things that I didn't necessarily, uh, I was never consistent with earlier in my life. I became more consistent with them during that time of turmoil in my life. And I think that's something, uh, a takeaway for a lot of people. You know, if they're going through a tough time, they're stressed out, uh, maybe they're dealing with some type of adversity in their life, you know, being mindful can, can really get you out of that and make you appreciate life on a whole different level. Yeah, truly, Canon. And Ian, I'm so sorry about your brother. I mean, that must have been such a tragic, challenging time to get through, you know, and with mindfulness helping you. Now, are you a meditator? Is that something that you do to get through some of these times? So I'm not like, uh, you know, one of these people that has some type of structured meditation practice. But what I've learned is that, you know, you really don't, it doesn't have to be structured. I mean, no, I see, it doesn't. yeah, and you know, that's the thing for me. Um, my grandmother was a huge meditator and before she passed away, she, she told my family, she told me and my mom, she said, if there's one thing that you learn how to do consistently in your life, it's meditate. It will change your life. So I'm just really getting started over the last couple of years, making a conscious effort into getting into meditating. But for me, it's just practicing my breathing, right? Sitting there and, and just being alone with my thoughts. And I usually do this when I'm on the beach. I'll just take 10 minutes and just be present and be by myself alone in my thoughts. And for me, I've, I've had a tremendous positive experience just doing that. So I don't have any like techniques necessarily to give your audience in, in regards to meditation. But I will say that just focusing on your breathing, being present alone with your thoughts, all of those things have had a tremendous positive impact in my life. 
So when you do breathing, when you practice your breathing, are you following a, a specific structure, like a certain number of beats in and a certain number of beats on the exhale or something like that? You know, I read a book on it and I started to do that. And what I realized is when I tried to follow a structure, it didn't work for me personally as well. So for me, I just really try to work on taking deep breaths in and out, right? And, you know, I have what's called a hundred count breathing exercise. So a hundred deep, deep breaths in and deep breaths out and that is at the very least what I'm going to do you know and obviously if I have more time I'll go into more depth around that but I really to be honest don't follow a specific structure maybe it's something that I'll do in the future but for now you know it's just all about taking some time for me and really working on my breathing at least three to four times a week Sure. And it sounds like your experience, your 10 minute experience by the ocean is your form of meditation, Ian. That's what it sounds like to me. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, that really is, I mean, one of the most powerful uh, times of my day. You know, I mean, I couldn't imagine every day is so much better when I make that time to actually be present, go down by the ocean, you know, just walk and be present with my thoughts. So, I mean, it can just be so powerful on so many different levels. Well, let's talk about having a fit body. You're a personal trainer. What are some of the best ways we can get into a habit of, of being healthy and creating a, a really fit body? Well, Bruce, the number one thing is simplify it. You know, people right now, there's so much information out there in the fitness industry and it confuses people. You know, they yeah, don't know yeah. where to start because there's fad diets and juice, cl- all these different things, right? So I yeah. found that a really simple way and a simple approach to get started is creating some type of morning routine for yourself where you're trying to work out. And if you're not a morning person, you can do it later in the day. But I'll talk about something that's really worked for me and a lot of my clients. It's trying to set up a workout at the same time every day, right? Because if we put it in our schedule, instead of just saying, oh, you know, maybe I'll get to it, we're going to be a lot more likely to take action on that, right? So an easy way to do that is at the start of your day and realize that you can get tremendous benefits from a 15 to 20 minute workout, right? And it can be as simple as going outside for a power walk or having a a little strength training routine, whatever it may be, but do it consistently over at least a 21 to 30 day period. So there's been all types of different studies on how long it takes to form a habit. But what I found is a month is a good starting point. So commit yourself to working out, doing something active every day for 30 days, right? And then also a couple other things that I like to do is I like to do, um, I, I like to have a morning power shake because I truly believe that, you know, the, the food that you feed yourself, it, you got to use it as fuel, right? It's almost like energy, brain energy. So I do what's called a morning power shake. It's super simple. Um, and I'll throw healthy fats, protein, a little bit of fruit and vegetables in a blender. And I'll drink that with some chopped ice and a mixer. I like to do almond milk or coconut milk. Um, and, you know, just doing those two things. So a short workout and my morning green smoothie or power shake consistently over a month, you start to see the benefits. And then after that, it's like, okay, man, this is like part of me, right? It's part of my daily routine right now. And just those simple two habits seem to really help people get in the groove. So I recommend anyone that's kind of stuck or wondering what they should do to give those a shot. You know, I think you'll be uh, really surprised how much benefit you get from just that simplicity. Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. Tell me, what are those healthy fats that you put in that shake? Yeah, so so I don't, so here's the thing is healthy fats, you don't want to put a ton, just because they're healthy, you want to make sure that, you know, you're not putting 
too many servings in them, but two of my favorites are coconut oil. So okay. coconut oil is a superfood. It's got so many nutritional benefits. I mean, I could go on and on about, you know, it's good for your skin. It's good for your hair. It actually, although it's a fat, will help speed up your metabolism. So it's crazy. You know, it actually can be used as a fat burner. Um, so I'll do this instead of in the morning um, of having a bunch of carbs, I'll get my energy from healthy fats. And I've realized that this actually leads to more sustained energy throughout the day than starchy carbs, right? And another good one is almond butter. So you could put some almond butter in a shake. Um, so those are two good ones that I like to have in the morning. And uh, fish, you know, it's unbelievable. You get all these omega three. So many Americans, you know, they live um, on such an omega six diet, you know, full of red meats and all this stuff. So yes. fish is incredible. You know, salmon, uh, flounder. I mean, there's so many different fishes that you can get the healthy fats from. But um, those are all great. And then hummus, you know, great snack. Everyone's always asking, you know, what's a great snack to eat during the day? Um, you know, hummus and almonds are two other fat sources that will just give you incredible energy throughout your day. And I've uh, come to terms with the fact you can really get just as much energy from some of these healthy fats as you can from carbohydrates as well. Oh, that sounds just great. And I love almonds too. I haven't uh, really got into coconut oil, so I'll have to check that out and try that. I know we have some at home in the fridge, so I'll talk to my wife and we'll get that shake going. So that sounds really healthy. And tell me about vegetables and fruits. Are you into raw veggies? Yes, I am. So I just moved out to San Diego and there's this whole culture and community around organic raw living. And I'm a meat guy. Um, so I do eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan or anything like that, but I do, uh, try to get a lot of veggies in. Now, to be honest, I'm not, it doesn't have to be necessarily raw. I do like to do juices raw. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do raw, uh, superfood juices and I'll try to, to do those because here's the thing is, you know, uh, if you're getting like orange juice or something like that, you're not going to get the same nutrients in juice as you are from, you know, a whole fruit, right? A lot of that, you're not going to get the fiber and the nutrients. No. Right. Yeah. So I like to do my juices and then also, uh, some of the veggies that I like to put in my shake, two big ones are kale. And spinach, you know, kale has an incredible amount of nutrients in it. And, uh, you know, I recommend anyone put that in your diet. Those are like my go-to. And then in terms of fruit, I like to keep my fruit on the low glycemic side of things. So some of the fruits that I really like to incorporate in my diet are like grapefruit and berries um, and apples, stuff like that. I try to avoid things with tons of sugar in them, like pineapple, for example. That would be more of a treat. Um, So that, you know, it's the simplicity, though, is really trying to make it a part of your, uh, I guess, your day, right? Getting enough veggies and fruit in there and not feeling like you have to be perfect with your diet. You know, I follow a 90-10 rule, right? Be good 90% of the time, treat yourself 10% of the time, and that seems to work pretty well. That sounds fair. And what about bananas? Are they part of your diet? I do eat bananas and I, uh, you know, I think they, they give you a ton of energy. They're, they're definitely a healthy food. Um, I don't have, you know, they're, they're a little bit more high glycemic than some other fruits. Right. Not that that's necessarily, you know, a terrible thing. Anyone that eats bananas, you're fine. You know, they're healthy for you, but, uh, I try not to eat them all the time. They're not like my go-tos. My go-to is like berries every single morning in my shake. I'll have, uh, you know, berries. But bananas every now and then, um, I love the way they taste. So sometimes I'll do like a kale banana smoothie. Um, and so another thing to keep in mind, a little hack is 
if you're interested in keeping a lean physique, adding protein to your morning smoothie, your body has to work harder to digest protein protein than any other nutrient. So um, because of this, your metabolism will start to work faster. So in the morning, if you're making a shake, Put some protein in it, and this can be simple. You can get it from soy protein, whey protein. There's so many different options, but it's just a really easy thing that you can toss into a smoothie. Okay, good advice. Ian, so you've worked with a lot of clients. Tell me this. What do you do when you start with a client and you get the feeling that you're really going to need to help them with their mindset? Where do you start? What do you do? Well, you know, here's the thing is one of the hardest things to do with a client or one of the most rewarding but challenging thing is changing someone's belief patterns, right? Because when someone signs up to work with me, for example, if they've been trained in their mind to follow fad diets and look for the latest workout trend and they're always, you know, I have people that reach out to me, they're like, Ian, what's the, you know, what's the latest and greatest ab routine or, you know, what what diet should I be getting on to, to, to get results? Those are the tough people to work with initially because you have to change their belief patterns. So sometimes you'll have to spend a lot of time on the mindset portion of it with them and really sit down with them and help them understand that that's not how it really works, right? Mindset is really everything around it. You have to look long-term and try to create sustainable change. So my goal is always to give people tools so they don't don't, any, don't always get results only get results in the short term, but they can use these tools going forward. And they don't, my goal is to also show people that you don't have to have a negative association with food, right? If you associate living a healthy lifestyle with suffering, you're not going to want to exercise. So it's all about, you know, changing the mindset and showing people that living a healthy lifestyle can not only be fun, but it actually can be great to be to nourish your body with the right foods. You create more energy, you have more brain power, all this stuff. So it's really diving into the mindset, the nutrition and the fitness and bringing it all in this, I guess, this uh, holistic approach and and helping people buy into that. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's harder. But I want to talk to you about teenagers because I have a 14 year old son. His name is Ben. He's awesome. Just an awesome kid. But like a lot of teenagers, he can get into this, into this groove of, you know, he's in front of screens. He's playing games. And then the more he does that, the less energy he has and the less energy he has, the less he wants to get out there. How do we as parents help to motivate him to get out there and do active fun things? So he's not in front of a screen all the time. Well, what I found, Bruce, is that teenagers, it's tricky because your body, for example, is not developed, obviously, like, you know, a full grown man or woman. So you don't want to take the same approach with them. And most likely they're not going to want to, they're not going to do strength training. They're not going to enjoy that as much as someone that's older. So try to get them involved in some type of group activity. Obviously, you know, sports are where I would start, but if they're not an athlete, if they're not a sport, what are some other things that you can do as a parent to get them involved with just physical activity? Don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be weightlifting or monitoring every single thing about their diet, but why not have them join some type of club with other kids that are doing physical activity, whether that's hiking or, you know, going zip lining or something where a couple times a week they're doing something that's not only active, but it's fun, right? Because for kids, I feel like they thrive in a group setting. And, you know, if they're not 
for example, an athlete, it's going to be tough to put them around other athletes that are competing at a higher level because they might not have confidence around that. So find people that are interested in the same thing. It's a fun environment. Encourage them, but also make it something that they enjoy, and then they'll be a lot more likely to stick with it. Yeah, that's good advice. And I don't want to give the impression that Ben is a couch potato because he really <laughs> is. You know, and he helps me out with editing some of my podcasts too. So awesome. he's going to be listening yeah. to this. And, and that's a great thing. But he's been involved in scouts. And so he did lots of camping with that and lots of group activities. And then he loves playing the drums and took drum lessons for a long time. And that's a pretty physical kind of activity when you're really going at it on the drums. And he's done lots of things. So thanks for that advice. I'll, I'll keep working working on it as well too. So I want to talk to you about the topic of bullying because that's something that I've been involved in my life helping people to deal with bullying and I find that mindfulness can really help a lot of kids and adults to get through some of these tough situations. Do you have a story Ian that I don't know maybe it's something about bullying and it's a situation where mindfulness would have made a difference? You know, in my life, I had a tough time, not necessarily bullying, but I'll just talk about a time maybe in my life where I think mindfulness would have helped. And I've became more mindful as, as I've gotten older. This has been something that I've tried to practice and study more because I realized the benefits of it, right? But back yeah. in my earlier days, especially in high school and, you know, even in college, I got so defensive. You know, if someone came at me, uh, they didn't agree with me or they made fun of me or maybe, you know, they didn't, they didn't think my idea was great. Instead of using, taking a step back and listening to what they had to say, consciously taking that in and saying, you know what, this actually, I could use this. And instead of using it as constructive criticism, I'd get defensive. Um, I would have changed that, you know, because I think so often if we just take a step back from the situation, and just realize, you know, okay, I'm not going to get defensive or I'm not going to immediately attack the other person that's coming at me. And we take a step back and consciously think about it. We can solve so many of the problems, right? Because our reaction back to whatever negative situation we're involved with a lot of times escalates it into something even bigger than it was to begin with, you know? So it would just be to really be more conscious about what's going on. And when I get in some type of altercation and disagreement with someone taking that step back and using it as an opportunity to grow and learn as opposed to getting defensive and attacking someone back. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really good advice too. Yeah. It's really important to just be able to kind of go with the flow sometimes, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Ian, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Ooh, that's tough. You know, I would probably have to say Darren Hardy. Um, even though he's business entrepreneur guy, um, you know, he's really he's really helped me think about things a little bit differently. But I'm going to give you two, and then we'll move on. Brian Gra sure. Brian Grasso, um, a fitness entrepreneur, just wrote his first book called Mindset Matters Most, and uh, you know, I've learned a lot from him as well. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Ian? It's definitely helped so much in my life. I mean, you know, it's it's made me it's made me happier. You know, it really has. Being mindful has made me more grateful for the world around me. You know, it's made me realize that we live in an amazing place. Um so I, you know, I I can't say enough about how much it's impacted me. You've mentioned something about this, but maybe you can expand a little bit. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. 
Breathing really helps me get centered and it relieves stress from my life. So when I feel like I have a million things that are discombobulated in my head, um, just taking a step back, working on my breathing, being present, it really helps relieve so much stress from my life. And as a fitness guy, Bruce, I'm going to also tap into this and say that it will help decrease your cortisol levels, right? So you want to keep your cortisol down. So, uh, you know, just having some type of stress relief practice in your life um, can really help with that. And breathing is just one of those things. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be? Check out Mindset Matters Most by Brian Grasso. It's a great read. Uh, It's it's not that long and uh, it's got a a ton of great advice in it. Super. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? You know, I'd have to say Evernote. And the reason is, is because if I'm, you know, walking around and I have a thought that comes up and I want to capture it, I can put it right in my Evernote app. And it also organizes everything with me. So, you know, if my life is cluttered and I'm discombobulated, have a million things going on, you know, my little Evernote app on my, um, on my phone helps keep me less stressed out and just present. So what advice would you give a person who's new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Don't think that you have to do a million things to get benefits from it. You know, maybe start with one simple practice. Take timeouts during your day. If you're stressed out at work, just take a couple minutes every single day to get up, move around, you know, take some deep breaths, and you can build on things. You know, just like if you're starting with meditation, you might start with a simple 100-count breathing exercise and then expand on that, you know, as you become more comfortable with it. But simplify it at first, you know. Build small incremental habits one step at a time, and over the long haul, you'll see a ton of results. Super. I want to talk, Ian, about fear because that's something that you really address in your podcast. And I know that you had said that you had a lot of fear, you know, that was holding you back from creating your podcast. How did you get through that fear and what do you recommend to others? You know, one of the things, I mean, obviously I had that incident in my life uh, with my brother that made me look at life a little bit differently. You know, I, I just realized like, we're not promised another day on this earth. You know, life is short. So why not really go all in and just, you know, we don't know how long we're going to be here, right? So anyone that's struggling with getting over a fear, they have to realize that oftentimes, you know, there's beauty on the other end of that comfort zone. Taking that first step initially can be really hard. But for example, for me, I used to be terrified of public speaking. Um, But, you know, I started attending Toastmasters and I would just sit in the back and just analyze it. And eventually, you know, I would do a presentation. And from there, I got more comfortable doing a podcast. But take that first step because you have to realize that confidence it's not something that we're born with, right? It's it's beating on our craft, becoming better, and we can only get better at something by taking that first step. So if something scares you, but you know that taking action on that is going to help you get to that next level, just take the first step. You know, when I moved out to San Diego, Bruce, I didn't know a lot of people, and I was like, all right, well, what's something that would be super uncomfortable that would help me? So I, I, I challenged myself. So through a little 30-day challenge, um, I went and I had a conversation with someone at a coffee house every day for 30 days. I met some amazing people, super uncomfortable the first couple of days. And I'm not saying you have to go do this, but what I'm saying is like it, you become more comfortable once you take action, right? And, uh, and after time, it just becomes so much easier. So if you're, if you're fearful of something, just get started. You know, It doesn't have to be anything crazy. And over time, you'll develop more confidence about w- whatever area of your life you're trying to improve. Oh yeah, I can really I can really uh, identify with that too. So tell us how Mindful Tribe can contact you and learn more about what you do, Ian. 
Well, connect with me. Uh, check out my website, fearlessandhealthy.com. I would love to uh, connect with your listeners, you know, if you're interested in fitness or anything like that. And uh, find me on Facebook. You know, I'm on, uh, I have a community on Facebook called the Fearless and Healthy Community. And, uh, you know, I'd love to connect. And it's been a blast chatting with you. Yeah, and be great to have you on Mindfulness Mode group on my Facebook group. If uh, I could add you to that group, it'd be awesome. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I, I uh, look forward to connecting with your listeners. You know, it, it is. Uh, yeah. I'm always looking to connect with other people, and uh, and mindfulness is such a great topic. And you have a great show, Bruce. So uh, you know, keep up the great work. Thanks so much, Ian, for joining us. I hope the rest of your day is just awesome. Sounds good. We'll connect soon. We will. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.